First Thessalonians. First Thessalonians chapter four. We're going to study the whole, uh, probably the whole chapter, chapter four and then chapter five. So we're going to uh, see what's in there. But our key verse is in verse 16, chapter 4, verse 16. It says, For the Lord himself shall descend from heaven with a shout, with the voice of the archangel, and with the trump of God, and the dead in Christ shall rise first. Verse 17. Then we which are alive and remain shall be caught up together with them in the clouds. To meet the Lord in the air, and so shall we ever be with the Lord. And verse 18, wherefore, comport one another with these words. Let's pray. Lord, we ask your, for your Holy Spirit and guidance again tonight as we're going to study your word. Lord, um, this is an encouragement for us. This is the, uh, the hope of Christianity is about your uh, rapture or your return here on earth to redeem us. Lord, thank you that uh, you promise these uh, things to us and we hope for nothing, but instead we are hope in your uh, place that you've given to us. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. In chapter 4 of um, First Thessalonians, we can see here the, the challenges of the church removal. We know that this church is not going to stay here for uh, hold it, long time. The church will be redeemed by the Lord Jesus Christ himself. Okay, And the question there is what does he wants me to do? If this is a church that Christ we're going to take, what does he wants me to do? Number one is we know we're going to know God's will. Okay, What is God's will? Look at verse 3 of uh, 1 Thessalonians chapter 4. For this is the will of God, even your sanctification. The word sanctification here is holiness. And Jesus Christ wants this church to be a perfect, a blameless church without spot or wrinkle. And we can read that on the book of Ephesians. In fact, there's a song there. This a glorious church without spot or wrinkle. Wash in the blood of the Lamb. You know that song? Yeah. So that's the church that God wanted to be. So we are going to know God's will. And then... The will of God is through our sanctification. Okay? You know what? God has one will for sinners. You know that God wants will for sinners? God wants them to be saved. This is a long, uh, long suffering of God. 
1 Timothy chapter 2, verse 4, you can read that, and then 2 Peter 3, 9. It's the long suffering of God for the sinners. Everyone wants God to be repent and turn to Him. That's His long suffering. And those believers, He wanted them to add into the church to redeem into His glory. Not only God's will for the sinners to be saved, but also He wants his will or God's will for the saints or the saved is to be sanctified as well. Okay? Is to be sanctified. In what way? Paul refers here on uh, the Romans, book of Romans chapter 12, verse 1 and 2, about our, our body. Present your body as a living sacrifice. You know? The first step of of sanctification is consecration. That's the God's will. Consecration, sanctification. And then, we're growing by grace, maturing in, 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 our, in our faith. Not only to know God's will, but also to know God's way. Well, in God's will, the question is, what does he want me to do? And we answer that question through sanctification. Know God's way, the question is, how does He wants me to do it? How wants He wants me to do it? We're going to answer those questions again by reading the word in verse 3, chapter 4. How does He wants me to do it? Number one, by abstaining from fornication. Verse 3 again, continue that. For this is the will of God, even your sanctification, that ye should abstain from fornication. Fornication is, uh, how do you call it? Fornication. Lust of the flesh. Sexual act. Something like that. So the Bible says, abstain from fornication. That's God's way. Number two is not defrauding his brother. Verse six that no one go beyond and the proudest brother in any matter, because that the Lord is the avenger of all such, as we also have forewarned you and testified. Look at the word go beyond. That no man go beyond or trespass or step in. Okay? Let no man the proudest brother, maybe not only the brother, even a sister as well. Okay. So that's God's way. And number three, by loving his brother, verse 9. But as touching brotherly love, we need not that I write unto you, for ye yourselves are taught of God to love one another. So we need to love our brethren in Christ. We need to love those who suffer, those who feed us, those who encourage us, that's our brother. And then, lastly there, in a God's way is, in verse 11 and 12, you know, but by quietly working until and patiently awaiting the great day of God's removal. Bible says, do all things without murmurings and disputings. Let's read 11 and 12. And that you study to be quiet, how to study to be quiet. And to do your own business. 
So that from there, mind your own business, probably from here. And to walk with your own hands as we commanded you, that ye may walk honestly toward them that are without, and that ye may be that ye may have lack of nothing. Paul encouraged the uh, Thessalonian church here to do these things. You know, to be a presentable church in the sight of God. In this removal of the church, there is some chronological order here. Actually, there are eight, eight R's or letter R's that we can see in the book of Thessalonians. So, this church of Thessalonica was established by Paul in the book of Acts during his ministry there. Uh, that was, you can see that in Acts uh, chapter 17. And some of them have questioned him at the end days, what will be happened on the end, end times. And Paul answered them, okay? Because some of them, they knew that, you know, the resurrection of the dead is not true, probably. But many believers died during those times. And even Paul himself, after uh, his ministry here, he was murdered. Now, does it mean that those who died in the Thessalonian church before miss everything about the resurrection of the dead? That's why Paul gave them the assurance. Okay. The assurance of the dead in Christ shall rise. Verse 13. But I would not have you to be ignorant, brethren. This is we call realization. Concerning them which are asleep, that ye sorrow not, even as others which have no hope. Here is Thessalonian believers. Christ rose from the dead. And this is the evidence that the dead in Christ will rise again. Isn't that amazing? So Paul gave them this realization to assure them, and Paul doesn't want them to be ignorant. Because this is going to happen truly in our lives. In verse 14, we can read here, For if we believe that Jesus died and rose again, even so them also which sleep in Jesus will God bring with him. Here's now the evidence. Jesus Christ himself proved it. The dead don't keep him from the grave. You know, he didn't remain there. After three days, he rose and went up to heaven. So that's the repose. That's the repose of uh, removal of the church. And then thirdly is the word revelation, verse 15. For this we say unto you by the word of the Lord, that we which are alive and remain unto the coming of the Lord shall not prevent them which are asleep. This is the revelation. We notice here the word we, which are alive. 
Paul including himself to be on the coming day of the Lord, he will be there. Yeah, he will be there. And what an encouragement to the Thessalonian church to be the assurance of their uh, dead loved ones will someday will resurrect and we will see them and they can see them face to face in the Lord. In verse 16, this is the return. Verse 16, For the Lord himself shall descend from heaven with a shout, with the voice of the archangel, and with the trump of God, and the dead in Christ shall rise first. There's two events going to happen here. On the rapture, Uh, there will be a resurrection of the dead. Okay, the dead in Christ shall rise first. Okay, note Christian, the rapture is not the second coming. Okay, rapture is not the second coming. Second coming is before the millennial kingdom. Just after the second coming is the millennial kingdom because Christ Himself will come down here on earth to establish his kingdom. That's the second coming. Rapture is not the second coming of Jesus. Okay? So in here, we can see the, the picture of raising up the dead and then we which are alive, verse 17, remain shall be caught up together with them in the clouds. It's like uh, very quick moment, you know, the, the uh, resurrection body, the soul, the saved soul from heaven will meet their earthly body and then they will be alive and then we will be with them, one go in the Lord. There's some explanation there, um, look at your Bible in, in First Corinthians chapter 15. We can have a further explanation there. First Corinthians 15 verses 51 to 53. Behold, I show you a mystery. We shall not all sleep. The word sleep here, we are not all dead. The Bible uh, doesn't uh, use the word dead for the believers, but instead use it sleep. But we shall all be changed. 52. In a moment, in the twinkling of an eye, at the last trump, for the trumpet shall sound, and the dead shall be raised incorruptible, and we shall be changed. For this corruptible must be put in corruption, and this mortal must be put in mortality. In a twinkling of an eye, very fast moment, in a twinkling of an eye, is it a matter of seconds, probably long seconds will be long, maybe point one second, twinkling of an eye. That's the rapture. It's very quick. Why there is a rapture? So that we can be reunited 
we are alive are being reunited with our loved ones who are dead in Christ. Verse 17 of 1 Thessalonians again. Then we which are alive and remain shall be called out together with them in the clouds to meet the Lord in the air. And so shall we be ever with the Lord. Isn't that amazing? Christ will come into the clouds and here's the believer. Both dead and alive will come and, and see him face to face. What amazing. And then we will be there with the Lord. So after the rapture, what's next? After the rapture, what's next? Okay. <clears throat> That's why Paul used the word in verse 18, Wherefore, comport one another with these words. This is the hope of Christianity. If there is no rapture, if there is no uh, rising up of the dead in Christ, I would say Christianity is useless. But because of this proof, because of this truth, this is our hope. That someday we'll be with the Lord. We'll not remain here on earth. All the trials, all the problems that we had, all illnesses, sicknesses, whatever, they're all gone. God will give us a glorified body. Comport one another with this word. Okay. <clears throat> so, if that's the picture of the rapture and the church is the candidate for that rapture, Christians who are in the church, can we say our church is a blameless and without spot and wrinkle? You know, as a church, we have, we have responsibility as well. We have responsibility. Not only just to sit in the pews and doing nothing. Every Christian has this responsibility because we belong to the church, the body of Christ. And the Bible says every part of the body is, is important. Either the finger or whatever, they are important. They are useful. By God, there is still a vacancy in the work of the Lord. You know, always there's some plenty of work there in the field of God. So, as a responsibility to church, you can see, be watchful. Be watchful. Chapter 5, verse 6, 1 Thessalonians. Therefore, let us not sleep as do others, but let us watch and be sober. The word let us not sleep is you will stay awake overnight. No. It's meant to say is your readiness or preparation for that coming day of the Lord. The Bible says his return is like a thief in the night. That's why we're going to be watchful. God wanted us to be in a Christian life in 
uh, a good testimony when he comes back. We don't know, and that's why the Bible says, be watchful. Whatever you do, do it to the glory of God. Okay. Be watchful. What we are watching for? The glorious return of Christ. Why we are going to watch for it? Because of who we are. We are the children of light, and we are the children of the day. Okay. Not only being a watchful man, but should be a respectful Christian. A respectful Christian verse 12 and 13. And we beseech you, brethren, to know them which labor among you and are over you in the Lord and admonish you and to esteem them very highly in love for their word's sake and be at peace among yourselves. Be respectful. I don't know how to explain this. Be respectful. But I think the word here is enough to get us some idea. Yeah. So, that's our responsibility. Be watchful, be respectful, be mindful. Verse 15, 14 and 15. Now we exhort you, brethren, warn them that are unruly, comfort the people-minded, support the weak, be patient toward all men, see that none render evil for evil unto any man, but every but ever follow that which is good put among your, yourselves and to all men. This is the responsibility. Exhort your brethren, warm them with, warm them that are unruly. So rebuke them. Comport the people-minded, they are the weak. Support the weak. Be patient toward all men. This is a real uh, Christian living. Christian, uh, how do I get it? Christian life. Yeah. And also see that none render evil for evil unto any man. But ever follow that which is good, both among yourselves and to all men. If someone will, will hurt you, give, the Bible says, if someone throws some stone to you or something, throw them some bread. All right? If someone is mocking to your face, to your right face, Give him the other, the right, or the, the left one. Humility. Be mindful. And then, be joyful. Wow. Be joyful. There's a difference of be happy and be joyful. Be happy is you keep on laughing without any reason. Just for love. But the word be joyful is from your heart. So not... Verse 16, rejoice evermore. It is a continual process. Okay? Christianity is always in this 
situation supposed to be rejoice rejoice forevermore well there are some sorrows in Christian life I know but sometimes those sorrows you know the sorrows the tears of sorrow will become a tears of joy you know if we know how to handle it if we know how to uh, give glory to the Lord with those things we're rejoicing through our mourning and then be prayerful I think this is the uh, uh, part of a Christian life which is sometimes we forgot be prayerful verse 17 pray without ceasing <clears throat> pray without ceasing does it mean that we're going to pray from 6 o'clock in the morning up to 6 o'clock in the morning again every day pray without ceasing is whatever happens always pray that's prayer sometimes we forgot to pray when we are tired we forgot to pray just go straight to bed and snoring they said they, uh, the longest prayer that the Christian do is sometimes when they're tired because they prayed overnight. You know why? Yeah. They go to bed, Lord, thank you. Uh, so on and so on. And then they sleep. And then in the morning they wake up, Amen. Uh, <laughs> overnight prayer. That's the longest prayer Christian did. Yeah? I've done that. You know, when went back home with with uh, the death of my brother, the funeral of my brother, because we are we are busy in in you know entertaining people there. So sometimes you get tired, you can't avoid. But it's not our habit. That's the point. You cannot avoid. Yes. Well, sometimes I do. Yeah. Sometimes I didn't pray. But it's not my habit to not to pray. And the Bible says, be prayerful, pray without ceasing. Don't be, don't make any uh, any longest prayer than overnight prayer. No. And then, be thankful. Be thankful. Verse 18. In everything, give thanks for this, the will of God in Christ Jesus concerning you. Sometimes it's very hard to be thankful in terms of bad situation. Is it right? But the Bible says, in everything give thanks. It's very easy for us to be thankful if we receive blessing. Yeah. Lord, thank you. With love. <laughs> but if we receive uh, bad news or problems, do we say thank you to the Lord? I don't know. In everything give thanks for this is the glory of God. Be faithful. Be faithful. Verse 19 up to 28. Verse 19. Quench not the spirit. Despise not prophesying. Prove all things. Hold what that is good. Abstain from all appearance of evil. That's being faithful. 
and the very God of peace sanctify you wholly, and I pray God your whole spirit and soul and body be preserved blameless unto the coming of the Lord Jesus Christ. Faithful is he that calleth you who also will do it. Brethren, pray for us. This is Paul's uh, supplication. Pray for us. Pray for the leaders. Greet all the brethren with a holy kiss. And he said, I charge you by the Lord that this epistle be read unto all the holy brethren. The grace of God, Jesus Christ, be with you. Amen. Is it not practical Christian living? Christ will return soon, we don't know when, and he's going to remove this church, this earth, to redeem into his glory. And yet as a church, we have the responsibilities. Be watchful. The Bible says in verse 6 of chapter 5, Therefore, let us not sleep as do others. Therefore, if we're going to make an experiment, and we've done all those experiments, and we made a conclusion, we use the word therefore. Yeah. Therefore, I conclude that. Therefore, let us not sleep. This is the conclusion of Paul. Be watchful. Question is, are we ready? There's a song that Alan uh, sung here before. Left behind, there's no chance. Change your mind, the sun has come. You've been left behind. I love that song. Yeah. Left behind. Question is, as a church, are we ready? Can we say to the Lord, Lord, this is our life. This is our church. We'll present it to you blameless without a spot or wrinkle. Or shall we receive a good commendation or a bad commendation when the Lord's return? Christian, be faithful. Be watchful. Be prayerful. Be joyful. Be thankful. Because this is our responsibility as a Christian. Not to remain silent, not to satisfy because we are saved. We are saved and we need to thank God and show others the love of God. Let's stand and sing our final hymn.